Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Polygon Alpha podcast. For the Polygon community, gathers insights from today's leaders in decentralized finance, Web3, and crypto. I'm your host, Justin Havens, aka Crypto Texan. Let's get started. On today's episode of Polygon Alpha, we are joined by Leighton Kuzak, who is the founder of the Pull Together Protocol. Leighton, thanks for being here with us today. How's everything going? It's going well. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, and I should I should say I'm a co-founder, co-founder of Pool Together Inc. The, the the company, so I can't take all the credit. Ah, you're so, you're so modest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to clarify. That's that's important clarification. Can't leave anybody out. Um, yeah. that's the ethos of Web three, I guess. Sometimes. Um, so, Layton, what is your background, and how did you get into crypto and the DeFi space? Uh, yeah. So um, my background is sort of generally in software entrepreneurship. I uh, I graduated undergrad in 2010 and started a fintech company, not blockchain related, that was uh, around building software to help facilitate donations. So that was, um, yeah, that, that, that was what we did. Ran that for like seven years. And the whole premise of that company was like, hey, how can we use technology to help people become more more generous? And by making it easier to give um, help people give more money away. So that I did until like 2017, left that company in um, early 2018. And that's when I got really interested in in crypto and blockchain. And that, at that time, early 2018 was when DeFi was just barely starting. I don't even think the term DeFi had quite been invented yet. I don't think that was until like a year later, 2019. But I was really interested in crypto and DeFi. Um, and I was also interested in sort of how can different financial tools help people become more financially healthy? How can you actually help people create wealth and achieve economic mobility um, by building uh, healthy financial tools? And so in the course of my research on that question, I came across this idea uh, that's been around for a little while called like prize savings. It's also sometimes called no loss lotteries. And um, while I was researching that, I realized that this is a tool this price savings product is a tool that's uh, proven to help people save more money than they save normally, open savings accounts for the first time, stop spending money money on lotteries and, and start saving money. And so it's a tool that's proven to really help people achieve um, financial health. And I also was really interested in crypto. And so I thought, hey, this is a really cool tool. And also this would work way better on the blockchain. And so that's how, um, how Pool Together, the company started. Yeah, that's really uh, that's that's really interesting. How you just kind of transitioned from the donation side to, I guess, like the prize saving side. But I, I think yeah. there's a little bit of a correlation there too, right? I think like on the donation side, and I think y'all are doing something like somewhat related to donations or has the ability to allow for donations. But we can talk the about protocol. that. A, a, yeah, we can talk about it later. Yeah, we can talk about that a little bit later. But uh, something you did touch on was. Um, you're the co-founder of Pull Together Inc. And so I think it would also be helpful just for our audience, to like maybe like make a differentiation or just kind of explain that structure a little bit. Cause you have the Pull Together protocol and the, the corporation as well. Right. Yeah. So that's a great question. And this is relevant to a lot of DeFi. Um, so sort of the standard model in open source software generally, and DeFi is obviously a type of open source software, is that um, a company will be created the company will uh, design and develop this open source software, but the software itself is open source, meaning no one owns it. No one claims ownership of it. So Pool Together Inc., we did contribute code to the software that constitutes 
the pool together protocol that's deployed on the blockchain on Polygon, obviously. Um, but we, the company doesn't own it. Anyone can take that. Anyone can copy it. Anyone can. Um, anyone can. It, it's 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 open source license. Um, and so the company originally developed it, and then what we did to decentralize control of the software is issue the pool token. And so the pool token represents control of the software that's on the blockchain. So the pool token controls the actual protocol. And you see this with other DeFi protocols too. So like same model with Uniswap, right? Uniswap, the Uniswap Labs is the company that developed the protocol that we call Uniswap. And then the Uni token controls it. Same model with Aave. Aave, um, Aave Labs uh, created the protocol. The Aave token holders now control it. So it's the same model. It's not unique to pool together, but that's sort of the roughly like how, how DeFi protocols get developed. And so now the company, Pool Together Inc., the company I work for, we don't control the protocol anymore. So like, what do we do? <laughs> and now what we work on is basically helping other people integrate with the protocol, helping build services on top of the protocol. So if, if hey, say a wallet says, hey, we really want to integrate with the Pool Together protocol. Well, we can say, hey, we built that. So we're the experts on it. So why don't you work with us and you can pay us to help you integrate with it. And maybe you can use our APIs and things like that. So that's sort of the, the model for Pool Together, Inc., the company. And in hindsight, we probably should have changed the name of the company. We probably should have called it like, you know, Prize Savings, Inc. or whatever to make it more clear. But, um, but that's a really, it's actually a really helpful concept, I think, to understand just in DeFi in general, how that all works. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar to that. Absolutely. And, um, I'm curious too, like you, you said that maybe you wish you would have changed the name from pulled together ink to like price saving ink. But I, in like, I know like Ethereum has a foundation and maker did have a foundation that eventually dissolved. Like, do you think like a, in hindsight, maybe you were just doing like what Uniswaps and Aave and compound were doing at the time. And maybe there could have been a, a better structure for that. Or are, are you happy with that? You know, incorporating under the INC period structure. I haven't thought much about, um, I think, uh, I think I'm pretty happy with it, but you know, there are, there are other ways there, like you could do the foundation model. Um, and you know, and who knows, maybe at some point in the future, there will be a pool together foundation. Um, Maybe there'll be a foundation of people who want to help steward the protocol, you know, because at this point, the community around the protocol is much bigger than the company. The company that I work for is a small company. We don't have that at many employees, but there's a lot of people who, you know, contribute in various ways or just hang out in the discord or use the protocol or vote on governance proposals. Or So there's, there is probably a need maybe for some sort of um, rallying point for all those contributors. Yeah. And so let's, let's talk a little bit more about how, pull together works. So we know it's a price savings account, but like what is a price savings account and what does it do? Like if I've got a hundred USDC, um, what do I do? Right. Okay. So first we'll talk about it a little bit from sort of the user side. Um, just sort of like, what's the value of it? So the main value of pool together, the idea is, um, it's a, it's like no loss savings. So just like a savings account, you can deposit your money, you can withdraw whenever you want to. But what's unique about it is that while your money's deposited, you have the chance to win really large prizes. And that's possible because the yield on everyone's deposits is combined and then given out as prizes. And so, for, for example, like the luckiest person who's ever used the protocol, they deposited, I think, $76 and they won 43, around $43,000. So what, 
so, so, so basically, it's a way for people to have the chance to get really large returns without needing to risk their money, right? And that's what's so important about it is right now, if you think, if you think about it, there's no consumer financial product that gives people the chance to, say, get a 10 or 100x return without needing to risk the money they put into it. Um, so Pool Together is unique in that it's a protocol that enables people to not risk their, their principal, not risk what they're depositing, but while their money is deposited, have a chance to get these outsized returns. So if you have $100 and you think, hey, your options are, I could go and deposit into, like, let's say, Aave, and I could earn like a 1% APR, and over the course of a year, I'll earn a dollar. Or you could come over to Pool Together and deposit it, and um, maybe you would, over the course of a year, you might get nothing. You might just have $100, but you might also win $100 or $1,000, or you might win like $1 and get the same, the same APR. So that's sort of how it works. And um, the one other thing I'll say on it too is the way the prizes work is there's there's thousands of them. Um, and so we might get to this later, but just to like touch on, uh, we were talking about this beforehand, you know, thus far on in the last 330 days, there's been um, uh, $2.4 million in prizes distributed by the Pool Together protocol on the Polygon uh, blockchain. And almost 10,000 unique wallets have won. And so if you do the math on that, that's a lot of, there's a lot of different size prizes. Some prizes are like $5, some prizes are $1, some prizes are $1,000, some prizes are even bigger. So that's, uh, that's sort of the high level of the overview. It's a protocol that enables you to deposit your money, take it out whenever you want to, and win prizes while your money is deposited. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. And in the example we're using, I guess, if you take $100 worth of USDC and you deposit it into Aave and you get 1% over the year and you get $1. I guess like from an opportunity cost perspective, I guess the the user could say, well, is it worth a guaranteed $1 return on Aave? Not that any interest rates are guaranteed, right. but for, you know, for <laughs> right, this right. example, uh, a guaranteed $1 return on Aave versus potentially, you know, like a two, three X return or 0% return on pull together. And I think the best thing about it too, you know, it's called like a no loss lottery. And that's because with a lottery, you're purchasing lottery tickets for a chance to win. And then that money's gone and pulled together. You're depositing your money and you just, everyone's pulling their funds together. <laughs> yeah. It's a great name <laughs> for the interest. And it gets distributed to the, the prize winners. And those prize winners, there's there's usually a couple hundred. Sorry, the one thing I would say is like there's usually, you know, just to give a sense of scale, like there's usually just just on Polygon, there's usually a few hundred per day that are at least winning something. So it's not like one prize a year type thing. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing I want to talk about is related to uh, composability within the DeFi ecosystem, because yeah, I think it's also important to know, you know, when all these depositors are pulling their funds together. Uh, what they're essentially doing is you're depositing into pull together and the pull together protocol, the code is lending it out. And that's how you generate the interest. But where are you lending those funds out? Well, that's a good question to ask, right? Because in the last year, there's been a lot of, um, a lot of sort of things in the crypto space where it's like, where does the yield actually come from? So with, with the pool together protocol, um, a couple of things I'll say. Yeah. The pool together protocol is designed to be modular in that it can plug into different yield sources. So, as of today, the primary two yield sources, well, the only yield source that's used on Polygon is Aave. So, if you deposit into the pool together protocol, 
that deposit ultimately will go into Aave. So that's something for you to know. But technically, it can be integrated with other yield generation protocols. And, and that's why it's this really kind of cool example of composability. Because these yield generation protocols just exist, and then the pool together protocol plugs in on top. And then basically, it's just this layer on top that gamifies the yield generation. It gamifies the experience and says, it aggregate, you know, everyone deposits and it all goes in through one, essentially as one person. That's sort of how, the because pro, the protocol deposits all of it as one account, all the yield is then taken and redistributed. And so it's this gamification layer on top of yield generation. Um, the one thing I do want to say, though, that's really important about the way the protocol is designed is it's really designed to maximize for security and safety. And so with that, the protocol is non-custodial. And what that means is there's no way for anyone to access your deposited funds. So um, there's not like a multi-sig, a multi-signature wallet that controls something. Even the pool token holders, they don't have the ability to take your funds out of the protocol. And so what that means is if you deposit into pool together, and, and it will go into and it will you know and it goes into Ave. It's that's not going to change in the future. It's not like that money is going to get moved into a, into a higher risk yield source in the future. So um, that non custodial nature is a pretty important thing for people to know about because that's a really important thing to keeping your your money secure. Yeah, that is. And, and when I think of security on the blockchain from a borrowing and lending standpoint, I think Ave and Compound probably come number one and number two in in my mind so but what are some of the other yield sources maybe on the other change i think that could be interesting to talk about um obviously on polygon it's it's Ave alone um but what like what are some other ones that yeah just some other DeFi protocols from a lending and borrowing standpoint that the code is leveraging well it's still it has been primarily Ave and compound because of what you said uh i think the the pool together governance is very conservative on yield generation because you know, pool together is sort of the front door to DeFi. And we want to make sure that people it's no loss. And we want to make sure the protocol is no loss. And so we are really conservative on what protocols get integrated. But we you are touching a little bit on um, on a protocol upgrade that's that's being considered, which basically would make it a lot easier for people to add create new pools with new yield sources and 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 um, yeah to create new pools with new yield sources. And so with that coming because we, we do anticipate in the long term, as DeFi continues to mature, there's going to be a lot of different yield sources, and you're going to want to be able to integrate with them because um, you want to get different rates of yield. And so that is that is a big focus. But right now, it's pretty. It's with a few. There's a few small exceptions, but it's pretty much just Compound and Ave for yield. Okay, that makes sense. And yeah, I think so. That would be yeah, from a protocol upgrade standpoint. You're so that's version five of Pull Together. Yeah, be V5? version five. Counting it counts that that's counting sort of some beta versions that we had. But yes, yeah, technically the version five. Yeah, because when I first started uh, paying attention to pull together, it was on version three and it was on Ethereum only. And I think you've gone through some interesting iterations of, of the versions of the pull together code in the sense that on version three, it was only on Ethereum because scaling solutions were not yet available. Right. And right. you could create a pool for almost any token because I remember having comp uh, compound tokens in a pool and just waiting, waiting to win one day. And then, yeah, I, I think it'd be interesting to kind of go through those different iterations, like version three of pulled together version four, where it is now. And like maybe what the future looks like with, with V5. Yeah. So that's okay. So, 
So the thing with version three that was cool is we t- it, it did support more token types. So you could deposit more, more types of different tokens into it. So the currently version four is only USDC. So in version three, what was cool is there was other token types. But the thing, the problem was that each token type and each, um, each network, so like version three was on Polygon, each one was its own sort of completely separate prize pool. And so the reason that was sort of a bummer is because you don't get these really big prizes. Like what makes pool together really fun and exciting is having these like really big prizes. It's a person who deposits $75 and wins 43,000. But what happened is you would have to sort of choose like, oh, do I want to do the comp pool? And that prize is like $1,000 a week or the USDC pool. And that prize is $50,000 a week or the US, you, you know, the tether pool. And that prize is 25,000 a week. Right. And you sort of ideally, you don't want to have to choose between those. You want to just be able to say, like, I want to deposit and have a chance to win a hundred thousand dollars. And so, um, maybe you disagree with that, but we can we can talk about that. But but so so that was sort of a limitation of of the V three was that and as and so like when we expanded onto Polygon with the V three, the Polygon prize started at zero. You know, so the Polygon you had, so basically people had to choose: Do I pay really high gas fees on Ethereum and have a chance to win a big prize? Or do I pay low gas fees on Polygon, but the prize is really small? And so what the V4 was all about was networking all the pools together. So you can have different pools on different chains, but they all contribute to one really big prize. Oh, you know, all, they all, yeah, they all contribute to one big prize. So that was what the, v, the V4 was really about. And um, what the V5 is really about is, is opening up that. So... So yes, the V4 got the network of all of it, but it's only USDC. And so the V5 is like, keep the network, but let people add more assets and more yield sources like we had with the V3. So it kind of combines the best of both worlds. Now there's a lot of different tokens you can deposit. There's a lot of different yield sources you can use, but they're all building towards um, this massive sort of prize network that can be plugged into. And so the prizes can get to like millions of dollars a week. And that's when I think, you start to see, you know, explosive growth happening. Yeah. And actually I, I do remember pull together V3 being on Polygon. Cause I think I had some tether in there and I just, yeah. I had just forgotten about that. So that's, that's why I was making that, making that face. But it, was, but it wasn't as much fun because you know, you had, you had $50,000 prize on Ethereum and the thousand dollar prize on Polygon. And it's like, right. you know, you want to be the, in the $50,000 one. Yeah. And I think one of the really interesting things about pull together version four was the multi-chain aspect of it in the sense that, yes. right. Because it's not, the prizes are not sideload now. And I'm also wondering, and maybe this could be too technical of a question, but how do you get all of the pull together instances uh, that are on all these different chains to communicate with each other to, I guess, reach a consensus on who are the winners and what the prizes are? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. We won't go too technical on it, but basically, basically the way it works is the governance lives on Ethereum, <clears throat> um, and so the each each of the prize pools essentially reports back to Ethereum on how much what their TVL is. So it says, okay, there's 10 million deposited on Ethereum and 15 million on Polygon. So using cross-chain messaging, that's that's reported back to Ethereum. And so it says, okay, the total TBL, the total deposits are, um, uh, 25 million. I can't remember what I said in my analogy, 10 million on Ethereum, 15 million on Polygon, 25 million. And then, um, so that 25 million number is used to generate 
the prize distribution. And then the prize distribution is, is pushed out to the chain so then people can claim the claim their prizes. Um, so that's how it basically works with cross-chain communication. So the important thing, again, from a security perspective is the money itself is not moving back and forth. Um, like if you deposit on Polygon, your money stays on Polygon. It's not getting bridged anywhere. No one controls your money. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that's, that's how, um, that's how that works. So that, if that makes, if that makes sense. No, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. That's, that's very helpful. It paints a little bit of a picture with that without getting too technical. So I think that's, that's a good way to do it. And, um, so with version four only having USDC, like, are there any concerns, like maybe from a censorship resistance perspective of, of just having USDC or is that a risk that maybe uh, governance has discussed? Uh, you know, there, there is there, right. There's definitely, so you're always trading off different risks and with USDC, it's, it's a centralized, it's a centrally issued stable coin, which means that there's a central party. It's called circle. It's a company based in the United States and they can blacklist people, um, if, if they can blacklist people, meaning if you hold USDC and they put you on the blacklist, you can no longer transfer that USDC. Um, in practice, that's only happened a few times and it's with, you know, worldwide known criminals. So it's not a bad thing, but, um, but yeah, you know, uh, alternatively you could use a, a token like DAI, which is a stable coin that's not centrally issued and therefore it's more censorship resistant, but it's maybe a little bit less user friendly to get. And so I, I would basically say like, yes, we've, we've, we've optimized the protocol again for um, really for security and really for usability for beginners. And so that's why we're primarily using USDC, but also with this V5 upgrade, that is a big thing we're interested in is being able to have other assets so that people do care more about decentralization. They can use other assets that are more decentralized. So that's definitely an important thing for us to keep in mind. Yeah. And you just kind of touched on pull together being for beginners and yeah. uh, do you do you see pull together as like the front door to DeFi? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we definitely and we hear that all the time. Like people all the time are like, "Oh, pull together was the first DeFi thing I used," and then I went on and used a bunch of other stuff, and that's great. Like, I think it's great that people sort of it's it's sort of DeFi one hundred and one, and then people can go try other more complicated things. Um, but yeah, we we definitely have always seen that as you know, normal people aren't going to trade options. They're not going to. Um, you know, most people aren't even going to like LP, you know, they're not going to do like liquidity provisioning and understanding permanent loss, but everyone has a savings account. Well, not everyone, but a lot of people have a savings account. Everyone should have a savings account. And this is a better version of a savings account. It's far better. You know, instead of getting tiny, a tiny APR, you get all these prizes, um, oftentimes far higher than what an APR you would get in the traditional financial system. So that's where we think that like pool together really can be sort of this this on door to D, uh, on ramp to DeFi, front door to DeFi, and that's where we care a lot about trying to make sure um, the protocol maintains the highest level of security and stability. Yeah, I totally agree, and I think like from a DeFi perspective as well, a pull together is easy to understand on the surface, right? It's an it's a no loss lottery. The interest is distributed among the winners, but then once you dig down into it a little bit more and you start talking about how it's built on top of Ave primarily, and then it, it kind of it does become just like that natural gateway for people to go into the rabbit hole and kind of understand these concepts of like you know composability, self custody, everything that makes Web three and decentralized finance so special. And yeah, and I 
yeah, I think that that's, yeah, I, I think that's a perfect example. Yeah. And I would say, um, you know, if there's people watching this and they're interested, like if you go to um, docs.pooltogether.com and also dev.pooltogether.com, there's a lot of extensive documentation about how does the protocol work and all the intricacies of it. You know, I've sort of been breezing through things, but um, like you said, Justin, it's like a really good way to sort of learn about DeFi because a lot of other protocols work in similar ways, but offer a different thing. You know, maybe they offer options trading, but they have some similarities in terms of how they're structured. Yeah. And, and on that, similar to that same topic, I feel like pull together from a community standpoint has such a strong community. And I'm wondering, like, I don't know, like, why do you feel like that is the case? Like, like I, you've obviously got Timothy Cox over there running your community and the community <laughs> podcast, and he's amazing. But yeah, um, I don't know, like, like, how do you attribute that success? Yeah, I mean, I do think we have an awesome community. Um, and there's a ton of people who, who, yeah, who represent that. Uh, yeah, so many, so many people who, who I'd love to like individually talk about. Um, I think there's no shortcuts to community. So, you know, like pool together has been live for over three years. Um, I would say as both a community around the protocol and as a company, we haven't really taken shortcuts. And I think that has, um, that has served it re- uh, us really well in terms of attracting people who are interested in the long term. It's, it's typically interested in, you know, pool together has sort of the social good aspect to it. The protocol helps people save and that attracts a certain type of person who's interested in contributing to that and interested in seeing, um, you know, people, people thrive financially. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, if I was to get a little more tactical, I would say, you know, we have our community calls every Friday. Those are open. Um, we try to be hyper transparent with everyone. Try to be very, you know, it, obviously in terms of the pool governance of the protocol, it's, it's, it's very sort of like a flat governance structure of like, there's thousands of people that hold the token. A lot of people vote. And so there's not like a single person in charge. Actually the very first governance proposal, once, once when the pool token was issued, the very first governance proposal was one that uh, I didn't submit, but I was like a big fan of and was advocating for. And it was actually the first one that got voted down. <laughs> and so that was like a great example of like right off the bat, you know, as the co-founder of Pool Together Inc., the first thing that I think is a good idea, the community is basically like, no, we're not going to do that. And I think that that really stuck out to people as like, hey, this is actually a decentralized protocol and I can actually have a big role in this community. Yeah. And you touched on something else that I thought was really interesting in the fact that you said that Pool Together has been around for three years. And from a DeFi protocol perspective, you're in the dinosaur club if you've been around for three years. Like (laughs) pull together is like a low key DeFi OG. And, you know, it's been around almost as long as Maker and Synthetics and Uniswap and ETHLEND, which is now Aave. And, um, but I feel like pull together, like when you compare it to those other protocols that I just named, they really haven't obtained like the same type of popularity as the other ones. And I'm wondering, like, you know, you, you also have like this incredible community. I'm wondering, like, why do you feel like you haven't uh, achieved that same notoriety? Yeah, well, I think there's two things. I think like, you know, in some ways, Pool Together was a little early. First time for sure. You know, when you're really early, early, which is what we were, the normal user is not someone who, it's actually a very sophisticated user who is, they're not even they're not risk averse at all. They actually want to seek out risk. 
And for those types of people, pool together probably doesn't make a lot of sense. And so I think those people were more attracted to some of these more degen protocols where they can do more, um, you know, more, more options trading again, or like lending and borrowing or more complicated financial things. So I think that's part of it. It's like, it was a little early. Um, but I, and I also think that pool together is a protocol that, um, is, is, is again, it's, it's, it's strength is in sort of its appeal to normal people. And it's been really hard for normal people to access the blockchain. And that's why, you know, the day we're recording this is the day um, Robinhood released their beta for the Polygon Robinhood wallet. That's why I, I, I kind of think Pool Together's time has finally, finally come in a lot of ways. Because we finally are getting, you know, with, with Polygon, with Robinhood, with uh, Coinbase, we're finally getting easier and easier ways to on-ramp, easier and easier ways to access um, decentralized finance. And as that happens... I don't think people are going to start by, you know, trading options. I think people are going to start by using something like pool together. It's like, Hey, like, let me put part of my savings on chain. Let me get a better return on my savings, you know, and then from there graduate. So I think that the reason, yeah, I think the reason that it hasn't sort of found the same adoption as, as, as some things like MakerDAO or, um, or synthetics is, is because it's really suited to a different type of user, but I think it's getting easier and easier for that type of user to start using pool together. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, we're, we're obviously very excited and very happy with the, the Robin hood announcement. Um, I am too. And, and just what yeah. it means for Web3 in awesome. general. Yes. Yeah, yes. It, it's it's incredible. And like you said, like there's a, there's a lot of users. I've got a lot of friends who, you know, make their uh, dollar cost average purchases on Robinhood because it's because it's easy. It's set it and forget it. And now they have the ability to withdraw those funds to the Polygon network. And they could, I mean, take their USDC and deposit into pool together. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. I'm very, very excited. It's um, it's amazing how much there's been so much awesome stuff that's happened this year. Obviously, the prices have been terrible, <laughs> but in terms of actual usage and things being built and partnerships and all that. And so it's really exciting. Yeah, that's that's always like part of the thing, right? It's like I, I talk to my non Web3 friends and they're, you know, they see the price and they're like, hey, are, are you doing OK? And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I like I'm doing fine. You know, it's like I go to all these conferences and I, I talk to all these teams that are building really cool stuff that it's like way ahead of its time. And, you know, like the price is not reflective of the innovation and the drive right. that a lot of these people have. And, you know, it's not just it's not just in the U.S. too. Like this is global. Like I've gone to conferences in South Korea. I'm going to Colombia for a conference. And it's just th this is a very much a global movement. And I think people right. in the U.S. get kind of stuck in the mindset of like, I have no use case for this in the U.S., um, but it's well. Let, let's talk, talk about that for for a brief minute because um, because it's true in a lot of ways. A lot of times, in, in a lot of a lot of ways, people in the United States or in Western countries have less of a need for DeFi because they already have access to a well developed financial system. But Pool Together has a lot of users in like Argentina, for example. In Argentina, where inflation's you know ninety percent a year. Just them having the ability to save their money in USDC is is like an amazing, amazing thing. That's already helping them so much. And then on top of that, we have we have a community member from Argentina. Well, we have a lot, but we have one specific one I'm thinking of who was talking. You know, I mentioned there's a lot of different prizes, different sizes, and we were having a debate of like, are one dollar prizes worth it? And this community member said like, hey, 
for me to win $1, that's like me winning uh, a day's salary. And so, yeah, like a $1 prize is a really big deal to me. And, you know, that's something where you talk to someone in the United States, they'd probably be like, oh, you know, the prize, a dollar prize, I don't care about winning that. I'm not even going to claim it or whatever. But, you know, you talk to someone in Argentina and they say, yeah, saving my money in dollars and being able to win prizes in dollars, that's a huge deal. So, um, yeah, I, I often say that like DeFi for wealthy people is sort of like a hobby, but for, for poor people, it's, it's like a lifeline <clears throat> because it's uh, especially people who don't have access to a well-developed financial system. Right. And like, and like the only thing is like, the, there's like this huge technical hurdle as well for a lot of, for a lot of people, right. Downloading the MetaMask, like how, like if you are in Argentina, like how do you even get your money on the blockchain? Do you just, is it just like peer to peer in person? Like what was the, like what was the Bitcoin peer to peer where you could like meet people local in real Bitcoins. life? Local yeah. Bitcoins. Yeah. Just kind of like that. But for USDC in Argentina, maybe uh, I'm not really sure how that would work, but, um, interesting. Uh, but and I I feel like that that also kind of leads into like prize savings accounts. This whole idea is is perfect for the blockchain because there are those like real world examples of what you said, and there are prize savings accounts and no loss lotteries in real life. And I've heard you talk about these before. So uh, can you just kind of touch on like the existing real world prize savings account, no loss lotteries, and then maybe also talk about like why is doing it on the blockchain so much better? Well, I usually use for reference, like in the UK, uh, it's called premium bonds. And that's like the biggest one in the world. So there's a hundred over a hundred billion US dollars, US dollar equivalent. It's obviously in pounds. Um, deposited into this prize savings program in the UK. And in the UK, it's like I said, it's called premium bonds. Um, so that's, so that's a lot of money, right? If there was a hundred billion dollars deposited into pool together, that means, that means every month there'd be like $500 million in prizes, <laughs> right? That'd be pretty crazy. Um, so, so that's a ton of money. So there's, there's a lot of usage and it varies by countries. Some countries, they're not as popular. Some countries are more popular, um, but that's like one of the ones that's most popular. So why though, why, why is it better? Like why, why is pooled together the protocol better than this, um, prize savings in the UK? I think there's a few reasons. One is just transparency and auditability, right? Pooled together. Like I said, it's all on the blockchain. It's open source code. Anyone can read it. Anyone can verify that it's fair, that it's operating securely, that it can't be hacked. Right? So that, that in and of itself is huge because typically you have to trust some third party, like a bank to say, oh yeah, we did this fairly, but you actually don't know how they did it and you can't audit how they did it. Right. So that's, that, that, that sort of fairness and transparency is a big benefit. The other benefit is sort of the scalability of it. So, um, if you look at price savings programs in the world, typically they have a lot of stipulations around them. They're like, oh, it has to be at least a $30 deposit. You have to notify us seven days in advance. If you want to withdraw you have to keep your deposit for 30 days before you're eligible to win anything, all sorts of things. And the reason they have this is because it's very expensive to administrate, right? If you're, if you're just getting small amounts of interest on small deposits and turning those into prizes, that's not a very cost-effective thing to administrate. With Pool Together, no one administrates it. The blockchain administrates it. The smart contracts administrate it. So that cost is gone. So that means it can actually scale. It can actually make sense. Even if you only have $1 deposited, you can still have, you know, the say you can have, you can withdraw it whenever you want to. There's no waiting periods. There's no stipulations. You can deposit, you can withdraw whenever you want to. And 
it can it can grow it can scale as fast as as fast as possible because there's no cost to scale it so that scalability is another big thing and then the third thing i think is that it can be you know decentralized and user owned um so that's again really powerful the fact that people who use the pool together protocol can become owners of the pool together protocol by holding the pool token and we've distributed many pool tokens for free through the airdrop and um and so that's like also really cool, cool, right? Like to actually be able to not just be a user, but also an owner at the same time. Those are cool things. So those are, those are some of the biggest things, you know, I could, I could go on for a while, but, but I think, so to me, when I look at that, I say, okay, we have this thing that's proven to be popular. There's a hundred billion dollars deposited into it. We have a version of it. That's very clearly better. You don't have to like argue in circles. It's very obviously just like a better implementation built on a blockchain. So the, it's really just an execution question of like, okay, what's the best way to get that $100 billion onto the blockchain? Because obviously, if it's a better system, it, people are going to prefer to use it. So that's that's what we're in the process of doing right now. Yeah, that makes sense. And you also talked about how, I guess, like in the real world, uh, there are like limitations on how long you have to be deposited. But there are also limitations on how long someone has to be deposited and pulled together to be eligible to win too, right? Because I, I think I, I think you did mention this. One, I've heard you mention this before. Because what's the top of user from coming in and depositing like a hundred thousand dollars, like thirty minutes before the drawing of the winner, and then just withdrawing right after that? So good question. So okay, so that is a good question, and that points to some improvements that have been made. So that was true. There was a time um, a, a, a while ago where. Um, <clears throat> Like on version three or yeah, version three, you, you could, you could always withdraw whenever you wanted to, but basically like, basically the way it works is there was a little bit of a time delay. It would be like a couple of days between like when you deposit and when you're actually eligible to win your first prize. But with the version four, one of the improvements that was made, I didn't touch on this one, but is that it actually, when a prize is awarded, it uses your time weighted average balance to, to calculate um, your chances to win. So yes, you could deposit a hundred thousand dollars right before a prize is awarded, but having a hundred thousand dollars deposited for like one second is going to be the same as having like a hundred dollars deposited for seven days, because it's using the average balance you had over the period of time to calculate how much money you've had deposited, not your balance at the pr- point of the prize being awarded. So again, that's something that you, you know that's something that you do that's done on the blockchain. And that's something that like, is again, a very superior, superior method to, to administrate um, this program than, than something that you would do in the traditional financial system. Yeah. So it's like block by block, essentially the more blocks that you've had your money. Yeah. So you could deposit a million dollars right before, but you're going to have the same chances as someone who had a smaller amount for a longer period of time. Yeah, that makes sense. And just like the, the idea of like trying to maintain that, like on the, in the real world example, uh, like you said, administration costs are too high and here it's just the smart contract just manages this automatically. And so it's almost, it's almost like that type of, yeah, it's really like that type of feature can only be possible on the blockchain. Yeah, it's definitely, I I think, yeah, it's uniquely better in in a very, yeah, it makes it really a different thing because it's so much better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also want to talk about uh, the pool token uh, for a little bit. And, you know, uh, what is the pool token? Like, it, it appears or it seems like it's like 
pretty well distributed within the pull together ecosystem, which is something that you need to account for as a user when you're looking at decentralized protocols is the token distribution. And so how do you feel like, like how are y'all so successful in that distribution of the token and what's some of the utility behind the token and what does governance have uh, control over? Yeah. So on the first question, how did, you know, we were definitely very aggressive on wanting truly decentralized governance. And so, um, you know, when we did the initial airdrop, 15% of the total supply went to, um, went to the, the existing depositors in the protocol, which was more than went to even the investors in Pool Together Inc. or any of the employees of Pool Together Inc. So the greatest amount of pool tokens went to the users. And that was day one. And since then, even more have been distributed. So, so I guess like the short answer is we, you know, anyone can do that, but you know, you just have to sort of have less for yourself and <laughs> give more away, and you're able to accomplish those those goals. And we we sort of wanted to take that route from the beginning to make it, you know, really de- really decentralized. Um, and also, we made the barriers to governance participation really low. So you only have to have ten thousand pool tokens to create a governance proposal, which is is um, 10 million is the total supply. So it's 0.1% of the total supply. So it's super, super low. Um, and so you can, you can, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these protocols, it's like, Oh, there's no way a normal person could ever get that many tokens to be able to influence governance, but in pool together, a normal person certainly can. Um, so that's it. So in terms of what, what is the protocol or what are the pool token holders control? Um, I would say broadly, the primary things are, um, one we touched on is like yield generation or, or sorry, sorry, yield sources. So like what yield sources are approved by the protocol to be able to generate yield. Um, another is a big one is like the prize distribution. How often are prizes happening? How are they distributed? Again, there's a big design space there because you can have one $10,000 prize each week, or you can have 10, $100 or 10, $1,000 or, you know, whatever. You can have a lot of different prize distributions. So the prize distribution, the third is also, just the further distribution of the pool token itself. So the pool tokeners are in charge of the protocol treasury, which has a lot of pool tokens in it, as well as other assets. And so how those get distributed is up to the the pool token holders. Um, There is a lot more coming with V5 in terms of making the pool token uh, more integral to the, to the protocol sort of operations. Um, I won't get too much into it, but, but there's basically the pool token holders will have a bigger role to play in sort of um, balancing these different prize pools that have the different yield sources to determine which ones are sort of the best ones to deposit into. I think I, I think I could do some pretty easy speculating on that type just, of utility. <laughs> you can do I some won't speculation, say it. yeah. I won't say it, but uh, and like so, all of that interest that's being generated by the pool depositors. So is all of that going to the users at the end of the the day or the week, whatever the price period is, or is some of that actually retained by the pull together treasury? How does, because I think at one time there was like a, a small percentage that was going to the treasury. And I'm wondering like, is that still the case? So the way, yeah. Uh, yes and no. So the, um, so no, no, as in right now, no, that's not the case. Yes, as in at, at certain points, it has been the case. So <clears throat> again, that's that's a pretty important job of the pool token holder governance is sort of managing the inflows and outflows um, in terms of like how much interest is being accrued, how many prizes are being distributed. And so at certain times, there's been 
less prizes distributed than interest coming in. And at other times, there have been more prizes distributed than interest coming in. And the token holder governance is basically managing that to sort of optimize it to, to have the best sort of um, the best sort of distribution to the depositors. And so at times when yield rates are really low, there's some subsidy, which like, again, this is the alpha podcast. So like right now, people who are depositing into pool together on Polygon are, are almost, are almost mathematically guaranteed to be getting a better APR than depositing into Aave directly. And that's because the pool together protocol itself is giving more yield to them than is the, the Aave protocol is giving to the pool giving. And so, 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 but, but on the flip side, there, there, there was, there was a time maybe, you know, I don't know a specific time, but maybe a year ago or whatever, where it was the opposite, where there's, you know, more yield coming in and then going out. So, um, so I guess I think that sort of answers your question. So it's it sort of, it's sort of like the, the token holders do sort of control the inflow and outflow and try to try to balance that for optimum growth. Yeah, that makes sense. And I know that like during V3, there was like a, a reserve factor as well. Um, can you explain what that is? And is it, is it live in V4? Or do you think we'll see that in V5? Yeah. So the reserve factor was basically like setting an explicit rate to say like, okay, 10% of the yield will be kept in the protocol for future prizes. Um, and with V4, there is not a reserve factor, although conceptually the same thing sort of exists where there's not like an explicit rate that's set, but conceptually you can just sort of distribute 10% less prizes than yield comes in. And yeah, I, I do think like, again, continuing to manage this relationship because between yield generation and in prizes going out is, is going to be a really important job for the pool token holders with, with the, with the V5 as well. Um, because Ultimately, there is sort of this cold start problem with the protocol where I think to get to this, it needs to have really big prizes to get to the, to, to, to sort of break out and sort of become viral and sort of get to the place where your, your mom and your grandma are depositing. And so to have that, there's going to have to be a subsidy. You know, there's going to have to be some bootstrapping from the protocol to, uh, to get to there. But then I think once it gets to this really large scale, um, that that subsidy will no longer, will no longer be needed. Um, yeah. Another thing I wanted to touch on in this touches a little bit on pull together's community, but also just touches on the wider crypto web three community. And that is related to the Pooley NFT campaign that y'all yeah. released, uh, made big waves on Twitter. I am yeah. a Pooley NFT holder as well. So I think that would be fun to explain for just for those who are not aware of, of the Pooley campaign. Yeah, so for sure. So the Pooley campaign was an amazing thing for, for, I would feel like crypto in general, but for me personally, um, so for a little bit of context, uh, back in, um, October, uh, or sorry, November, November of last year, there was a lawsuit filed against, um, my, the company pooled together Inc, as well as myself personally, as well as some, <clears throat> some other investors in, in the company. And I won't really go into the details of the lawsuit cause it's an ongoing lawsuit. So I'm not really, um, allowed to talk about it. But I will say if people are interested, they can go to mint.pooltogether.com and you can find it was covered in the Wall Street Journal and there's some other court filings you can read. So anyways, a lawsuit was filed. We, we can say that. And um, and uh, yeah, it, and it was a lawsuit that I, I think uh, the crypto community generally felt like um, was not a, a very... Uh, fair uh, characterization of sort of the protocol and, and how the lawsuit was, was filed. And so the one cool thing about the lawsuit was that there's a ton of people who reached out wanting to support 
um, myself and and the company. And finally, uh, in May of this year, we launched an NFT campaign to be able to facilitate that so that people could actually buy these NFTs to support the company and, and our legal defense. And so that was like, the NFT campaign was a huge success. Um, I think we raised like $1.5 million in term, by selling these NFTs, sold thousands of NFTs, which was just incredible. And also outside of just the financial side of it, just having so many people support us was, was really amazing. Um, so it was a huge uh, life changer for me, really, because um, you know it took something that was super stressful, was taking a lot of time and resources away from the company and put it as something that was sort of taken care of. And that's, that's been really, really amazing. So I'm deeply grateful for all the Pooley holders. Yeah, it was obviously such a successful campaign. Just seeing everyone on Twitter change their avatar or their PFP to a, a Pooley NFT. And I think mine, I think mine says swimsuits, not lawsuits on it. And oh, yeah. It's a, <laughs> yeah. a little Pooley bird holding a sign. Yeah. Yep. And Oops and David, who are two community members, were the artists behind that. And they did like an amazing job, I think, of like really embodying the protocol and the company and this in this um, really cute uh, little pooly bird. So if you go to mint.pooltogether.com, you'll see that as well. Yeah, such a successful campaign. And it was it was just really great to just see like the entire Web3 community just kind of hop behind this, whether they had used the protocol or not. I think people were just buying the NFT to support just the web three ecosystem, because how dare, how dare you game people into saving money versus spending <laughs> it or <laughs> yeah. yeah and, I, I, anyone, anyone can read the lawsuit for themselves to, to make their own opinion on the merits of the case. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't believe it has merits. Yeah. I, I will I won't make you talk too much more about it. So, but it, <laughs> it also, I mean, it just kind of reminds me too of like, you know, you had, you know, the tornado cash thing that came about and, you had Coinbase step up and say, yeah, we're going to support this lawsuit and we're going to fight this because we feel like OFAC has overstepped its constitutional reach yeah. on this. Um, and weren't you part of the Coinbase anti-FUD campaign for a little bit? Was that a thing that you <laughs> yes. were doing on Twitter? Yeah, I was. I was. Um, yes, that was a very informal thing. But, you know, I was just, uh, you know, we're in, um, we are in a, uh, I don't. I don't know if I'd say it's a hard time for crypto, but it, it's a. It's an important time. It's an important time for crypto because um, there has been these things that are crypto adjacent that really don't represent crypto or DeFi. Things like um, Celsius, things like Terra, that don't really represent it, but get associated with it and have been very detrimental to people, very damaging to people. And I think regulators are rightly looking into that and saying, okay, we need to like prevent this from happening again. But <clears throat> unfortunately they don't really understand what happened and why it happened. And therefore they're, they're, they're sort of attacking everything. And so that makes this a really important time. And I think, um, you know, Coinbase is a company that's one of the only publicly traded crypto companies out there. It's a very important company in the space. So I was trying to sort of, you know, support the narrative around them because I felt like they were sort of unfairly getting disparaged a lot. And I just think it's a time in general, all of crypto, we have to see the bigger vision, which is not obviously the success or failure of any individual person or company, but it's it's trying to usher in a more fair financial system that's better for people, that that displaces, it's more efficient, and that displaces you know powerful incumbents and instead creates better out financial outcomes. And um, that's the end goal. And so I'm definitely trying to, you know, 
encourage people towards that positive sum thinking and, and, and defending Coinbase was, was one small thing I did along that ride. Yeah. And I was just kind of waiting for, you know, the Coinbase tornado cash NFT to come out because I thought that, you know, there should there's, be one. there's a case study for the success of something like this. Um, but anyway, I'd buy one. I'd buy one too. Um, another NFT topic related to pull together is there's rumors that y'all are starting a partnership with uh, Decentral Games and their ice poker wearables. And I am a fan of Decentral Games and ice poker and Ryan and Miles over there. Um, so yeah. can, can you can you talk about that at all? Yeah, well, that just was announced today. Um, and so just getting going. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a really fun one. We're basically uh, Decentral Games has provided a free wearable for everyone who's depositing to pool together on Polygon. So if you have a deposit, you can go and uh, and claim this. And it's really fun. It's like a, it's like a pulley, <laughs> like literally a pulley. And so you can wear that in the Decentral Games virtual virtual metaverse. And um, yeah, that's sort of just getting started. But it's sort of playing at that intersection of again, like with with pool together being like a front door to DeFi. It has a lot of depositors. It has a lot of users. And so we really want to um, get more people, uh, introduce them to more things in the ecosystem. You know, it's like once you try to pool together, it's like, hey, go try this thing now. And the metaverse is sort of the next level. So um, really excited about that as well. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that I could go mint that today. So I'm going to go mint that yeah, today you can, right now. after this interview. Absolutely. Um, Leighton, is there anything else as we're starting to run up on time here that maybe we didn't get a chance to talk about that you want to address specifically about pull together or just anything? No, I mean, I think, I, you know, I definitely saw this podcast. It's a little bit of a celebration in some ways because, um, you know, for some people listening, pool together on Polygon might not be new because it has been almost a year that it's been deployed on there. But uh, it's been really cool to have so many users on Polygon. There's now, like I said, there's been 2.4 million in prizes distributed, 10,000 unique, almost 10,000 unique people winning prizes um, on Polygon. And, uh, yeah, so so we're you know really excited about like all the growth that Polygon seen and all the partnerships Polygon has in terms of getting onboarding people, the normal people again through like Starbucks and through um, Robinhood, and really excited about how that will grow pool together on Polygon too. So I don't know. I guess I guess I, I, that's not really another thing to say, but just more of uh, you know I think it's worth celebrating. Um, even in the midst of a bear market price wise, it's worth celebrating all these, all these good things that are happening. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think with that, yeah. Um, we'll just say Layton, where can people, our listeners go to find out more about you and pull together? Yeah. Well, so if you want to keep up with pool together, just sort of the news, Twitter's the best place for that. <clears throat> so go to our Twitter account, just at pool together, um, discord. If you want to join the community, go to our discord. Um, if you want to get involved in the weekly community calls and governance, et cetera, join the Discord. And then obviously, pooltogether.com is where you go just to use use the protocol. And you can use it on Polygon, deposit there. And um, and yeah, would love, to, uh, would love to hear any feedback. Would love if people joined the Discord community and um, got more involved. And we're always looking for more community members. So it's a great place to get your, get your feet wet if you're looking to dive into DeFi. Absolutely. And I'm a user pulled together and I am a big fan. So awesome. I'm glad that you came on, Leighton. Thanks for joining us for this conversation. And for everyone listening and watching, thank you for listening and watching Substack, Spotify, Apple, YouTube. Please subscribe. 
And we will see you next time on the Polygon Alpha podcast. Thanks again, Leighton. Thank you, Justin. <laughs>